0: Um, good friday morning everyone or whenever you're listening welcome back to the silver screen and roll network this is the machine and you're listening to i love basketball where we just love basketball man we love it yet another week where Sabrina's off sunbathing in paradise. I truly have no idea where she is or what she's doing. While I'm stuck in LA midsummer nightmare, where it's somehow raining in addition to being hot enough that I'm just sweating from the effort to keep my heart beating, holy hell. So it'll just be me today, which means really it'll just be me and you, Austin, because everybody else just swiped left on this download. They just swiped left. So if you did stay, Thank you so much. This is amazing. This podcast is dedicated to you, the adoring fans and stands. wouldn't be recording this in my bleak little hovel of a room without you, so thank you. So, as is typical this time of year, nothing at all has happened in Lakerland over the past week, of any real note, besides us taking on Kostas Antetokounmpo, who's neither as wickedly hot or as good at playing the game of basketball as Giannis, but I guess we'll like tell Giannis to come to the Lakers if we show him a good time. That's the hope, I guess. He also looks like a little baby. He looks so young. He's like, he's 21, so I'm not a sicko, okay? But you know, Giannis looks grown. So maybe I'll hold off my judgment on Kostas's hotness for a few years. Christian wrote a great story this week uh, for silver screen and roll on the coast is signing which I highly recommend you read Where I found out he has a standing reach of 9 foot 2 and a 7 foot 2 wingspan That's just nuts That's just nuts and uh, I don't think he'll be able to add much of value this season but he'll hang around in the G League program and maybe He'll be a guy who we can develop into something nice. He still needs a lot of work though. He's super green and for seeing a sort of like Steph and Seth Curry dynamic with Giannis and Costas, which should be fun. Hopefully, there are some juicy, juicy finals or playoffs meetings coming soon in the next few years. That would be great. And It'd be great if that was with the Lakers. If Costas was with the Lakers, I'd, I'd love that. Bronny Junior, LeBron James, Costa Santa De Cumbo, Anthony Davis, <laughs> and. Who's, who's the fifth guy that we went there? I, we'll, we'll say we'll say Kyle Kuzma for now. The name Kostas actually reminds me of the hot Greek guy in Sister to the Traveling Pants. I would be almost as stoked to root for him on the Lakers as my fake b-ball boyfriend, Kyle Kuzma, who just turned 24 this week. Happy birthday to Kyle Kuzma. Happy birthday to you. That's my um, Marilyn Monroe impression super good um wow i am sweating so much after doing that i'm so red i'm so red anyway 24 i love to still be younger than an nba player that people describe as young because some 19 year olds out here that's bonkers he's 24 he's a millionaire he's got 50 clothes he's famous for his beautiful clothes that fantastic fur coat. He, he got some sh** for that, which was weird, I thought. But uh, he's got a fancy crib. He's rocking around in that Porsche Panamera he bought himself when he was 22. 22. It's not quite as lush over here in machine land. Not yet, anyway. Speaking of which, I have a side business. If anyone's interested in purchasing a mason jar full of my bath water, that definitely isn't just water I switched around in my mouth for 10 seconds and spit out for the low low price of five installments of 19.99 plus shipping and handling you know let me know hit me up on social media bathwater it's a thing i heard it's a thing and it seems like a really low effort way for a girl to make a buck out here so you know i'm tr- i'm trying to I'm trying to get myself that Porsche Panamera so let me know anyway star of today's show is one of my absolute favorites on and off the court over the next few barren weeks until training camp, it's going to be a very long walk. It's going to be a long walk. The Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network will be doing some profiles on players and coaches to get a better idea of what to expect from the upcoming season. Just, you know, so we get our hopes up as super high, as high as possible. I, for one, welcome high hopes. So much better than low hopes. They say that burns don't hurt as bad if you expect them to come, but pain doesn't work like that, y'all, and we all know it. So... Go ahead and make like Dolly Parton and get happy. I thought I would start with someone who makes me happy and who really caught my eye last season in a big way. He briefly made headlines during the playoffs for what some deem to be unearned trash talk. More on that later. I have opinions, obviously. It's the thick boy King himself. It's Jared Dudley, everybody. Yas King! 6'7, 240. 34 years old, almost the exact same physical profile as LeBron James, who is one inch taller, 10 pounds heavier. Uh, yeah, I don't see quite as much muscle definition on Dudley, so I'll have to conclude it's more chunk than hunk there. But I, I love him. I, I don't want to be a hater, you know. It really shows that uh, how little the picture numbers illuminate sometimes. Anyway, but. Uh, I'm I'm not a hater because I I like him I like him a lot I grew attached to him last year on the Nets with D'Angelo just because he just seems so self aware and so grounded and anybody who can nail threes coming off the bench late in games you're gonna get you're gonna get some love you're gonna get some love there He was just like the perfect veteran guy for that like super young team and it was exactly what those guys all needed it was just someone who would go out and pump everybody up by being just like a sniper and then helping out with celebrations, just like being really supportive from the bench. He's great. He was like instrumental in some of their most impressive wins last year in close games, such as they, they swept us last year. Isn't that crazy? They swept us. They beat us in December 110 to 115 and then they beat us 111, 106 in March. We got swept by the Nets last year. And you know what? They were a playoff team and we weren't. So it makes a lot of sense. But Dudley like hit the dagger in that December game that like put them up five with 53 seconds left. And then LeBron made this like, made a couple like crazy threes. Then D'Angelo just like twisted the knife with another three. And LeBron just couldn't finish the job. That was That was part of the season where it really just felt like it was just him. And he just could not, he just missed two threes at the end of the game because he literally just had no other options. I mean, Laker Film Room has laid this argument out in many of his fantastic videos and podcasts, of which I'm a producer. Uh, Not even a humble brag, um, just a brag. But basically, LeBron had to make calculated decisions in those moments to not pass because he felt like he had a better chance of making those shots than the other guys on the team frustrating at the time, but ultimately not his fault based on the roster. So anyway, we lost that game basically because of Jared Dudley and LeBron couldn't quite get there with Jared Dudley. So, you know, it's great, but he just comes in and he injects some like effort and pizzazz. He's, he's like what we wanted from Lance Stevenson. He, he is that the sighting sort of gets that vibe and intent, right? It's the same concept of an energy vet who's kind of wacky and provocative, but done in a way that actually adds a lot of value instead of someone who was 40% garbage, 50% guitar celebrations, and like 10% threes, you know? Uh, with the Lance sighting, we wanted someone who could, I'm going to, I'm going to Say a bunch of things and then say if Dudley, you know, does that make the other team mad check See playoffs game three against Sixers hit some threes check see the end of almost every Nets game (laughs) Be a fan favorite check a conversation for another time, or maybe now, who knows, is how men with backgrounds of abuse, or whatever it might be, still somehow get labeled as fan favorites in this league. Just shocking. Could have been anybody. Could have been anybody else on the team. I don't know why it had to be him. There's another thing with, this happens with Derek Rose too, where it's like, you know, they talk about this, like, amazing story, and blah blah blah, and then, like, conveniently neglect to note The part of a story that isn't so amazing, you know, and just really only highlight those things that are positive and completely ignore those things that are negative. And I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, on purpose, but I do think that it's something that we should think of. It's maybe, to be generous, a subconscious way of lifting these men out of that negative narrative and placing them into a positive one to erase the story and it's just something that I've noticed. My thoughts on the matter. This is something that media members and fans do. So for whatever reason, and maybe it's just something that we should think about more and try to self-correct on those things and not erase the negative parts of the stories because basketball is supposed to be fun. This is a show about I love basketball and I do. I love, I freaking love it. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing negative happening ever. And that's... We shouldn't be hiding from it. We should be talking about it and thinking about it and contending with it. Anyway, where were we? Fan favorite, check. Strong veteran presence, check. Contagious energy, check. Knows his role, check. Lance's most iconic moments were eh, not super impressive. So I'm hoping that Dudley can kind of up the ante a little bit and bring as much joy to us Lakers fans as he did to Us. Sorry, everyone. Nets fans, last season. Two years ago, Jared Dudley was being just savagely fat shamed by Enos Cantor and called, quote, this is a real, this is real, quote, a seldom used bench gnome by Ted Spin. And uh, now he's on his way to the championships with LeBron Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. After an incredibly effective season in Brooklyn. So, you know, just one more reason to crush the Celtics underfoot in our next meeting. Can't wait, guys. You're going you're gonna to hit us with, that, with the most killer duo in the league. My God. Can't wait to see the clash of titans. of Enos Kanter and Kemba Walker versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, that's going to be a matchup for the ages right there. Matchup for the ages. So you know what is Dudley going to do for us specifically us the Lakers? There's been this storyline that his main contribution will be off the court, and while I think that's true, that he'll be like this huge asset for younger players and Kyle Kuzma, and Alex Caruso. <laughs> Fellow bald king alert, hello. Crusoe's 25, so he's not that young in the context of the league, but he's very green. You know, this is his first year on a full-time NBA contract, so he'll need some guidance. But, you know, he'll also be a welcome, age-appropriate colleague for LeBron, who's just surrounded by, like, a swarm of toddlers last year. That must have been fairly isolating, so it might, might be nice to have a few older guys on the team that aren't, like, um... Like rajan rondo like he will be there but like that aren't him so yeah anyway <laughs> the team just feels better balanced this year and i feel like dudley is the 238 pound weight that like evened out the scales for us you know he's a glue guy plain and simple at this stage in his career but that doesn't really negate at all his on-court contributions which are mostly 3 and d so 3 and d is i think like, those are the things that are going to affect his stats, I think, next year. He does a lot of stuff that doesn't really affect stats on the court, just from, like, an IQ standpoint. He's, like, one of those guys who's just always in the right place, makes nice reads, those sorts of things. And that's really helpful with LeBron on the court, especially when we have this sort of brand new roster, like we've had every year since I've been around. There's, like, like four guys. Is that right? including Crusoe Five, who are like still on the team from last year. And I just feel like he's going to be this great guy who knows where he's supposed to be on the court and will just sort of mask any of those inexperience issues of people not knowing how to play together. Like he, he's a guy who can be helpful there and sort of direct some action and be more vocal on defense, getting guys in the right positions, and, and leading by example in that way on offense as well. And since he knows where his spots are, it'll be easier for LeBron to get him the ball because he's just more consistent than someone like Kyle Kuzma, who is still finding himself as a player, and as well as Caruso, who LeBron played with for about five minutes last year and pretty much didn't even know what to expect. Because anyone who's really spent time on the Caruso footage, knows, okay, in the tape room watching Caruso footage, knows, knows, knows not to be shocked when he dunks anymore. Shock, not shocked doesn't mean not ecstatic. It just means not shocked. The way he provided those, like, sort of late fourth quarter triples in Brooklyn may not be as necessary here. Like, we don't really want him taking the last shot here you know like he's not really our uh, first choice in a last shot situation in a game not preferable to like a you know lebron figure or like an you know ad figure or whatever but he could provide some spacing in those moments just by virtue of being a threat there like he's in my in my like watching experience of watching the nets last season like that's what I remember of him, is that in late situ- late game situations, he's going to make a three. It might not be the last three, like it might not be the last play of the game, but it could be in the last like four minutes of the game, last two minutes of the game that he's out there making threes that really count, that like make a difference to the outcome of the game, but aren't necessarily the like winning shot. So that could be a way that he contributes in those moments. And just providing the spacing from being a threat. Um, that makes it that much easier for LeBron and AD to do what what they do. Uh, that goes for any other time in the games as well that he's playing with them. He's going to be a great floor spacer for whoever he's on the floor with. And presumably, he'll sink some nasty threes, which I'm stoked for. He's going to need some kind of catchy celebration if we're gonna say that he's sort of in this like lance stevenson-esque role uh we desperately need a replacement for the guitar solo celebration i wonder if lance stevenson trademarked that or like copyrighted it or something i wonder if they'll still have the jumbotron like fan guitar solo things people did love that um i refuse to get on board those things usually happen organically, obviously, but I'd like to see some kind of like thick king-centric celebration type thing. It has been said before, but he needs to raise his three-point percentage from last year. I think he will. I think he'll be able to raise it. He'll be getting some really good looks. Gonna be a lot of open threes this season. So yeah, I you know, I hope we'll see that. I, I think we will. He's a great trail guy in transition, and I don't necessarily mean like... The the kind of trail who like puts the ball back if you miss the dunk or whatever. But I maybe mean the kind of guy who's sort of last down the court and so there's zero attention on him. And so like he comes in late, sort of unbeknownst to the defense and nails a wide open three from the top of the key. That's that's one of his moves, sort of, like in transition, is to like trail pretty far back and you know remove himself from defensive attention and then nail a three i love that shot for him and i think that with like lebron and ad banging up the court like they're gonna absorb all of the attention and they'll leave him to finish the finish the job off i kind of love that for him i think that's a i think that's something that we might see like i and many have said uh his stats are distinctly unremarkable but Like I've also said, my experience watching the Nets last year is that he's not actually the kind of guy who's ever really a negative on the court. Like, he doesn't turn the ball over. He makes the right reads. And he's a great defender who can even defend up, which will be super helpful, I think, on this team with LeBron and AD, who both don't really want to be defending fives. Isn't that fun? Two of our five-size guys don't want to defend fives. So I guess, you know, we have Jared Dudley, who's going to defend fives. Sometimes I would expect him to, I would expect Jared Dudley to defend up sometimes, um, and take the brunt of the, you know, bullying from the five. And it depends of who the five is, of course, like there's some people he can't defend, but he did straight up defend Boban in the playoffs last year. So, you know, uh, he also like, he also had some nice lockdown defense on Embiid in the playoffs Thinking specifically of like this stripped down play where I just lost my sh- in game four, as well as some unsurprisingly unsuccessful, but technically very sound defense on Boban. He did have some good moments on Boban, but game three, he looked like a little boy next to Boban. Yeah, game one he had some good plays against Boban, but game three it was it was like a little it was like he was a small a small child. Anyway, Boban just bullied the hell out of him, but that's also not really a fair matchup to be honest. <laughs> uh, game four was also the game, and here we are. We've arrived. We've arrived, everybody. Game four was the game where Jared Dudley got himself and Jimmy Butler ejected from the game. For starting after Embiid felled Jared Allen hard on some kind of dunk attempt, I I think. Basically, the conflict started earlier in in the playoff series because Jared Dudley called out Ben Simmons for being average in the half court Um, in Dudley's defense. He also said a nice thing before, that he was good in transition, which is just like our third grade teachers taught us, you know, not so nice thing second. Uh, He also poked some fun at Simmons' free throw struggles, which I'm not going to speak on because I don't think that any of us as Lakers fans can speak on that until we have proof that the free throw percentage will be higher than 69% next season. It truly sounds like I made that up as some kind of sick joke, but I did not. 69.9% was the free throw average, the free throw percentage for the team last season. So I'm not even going to speak on that. Ben Simmons, you do you. Uh, He then, Ben Simmons, I mean, made a snide remark saying, quote, that's coming from Jared Dudley. Come on. End quote. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. He's a really smart veteran basketball player. So yeah, it's coming from Jared Dudley. I think you're gonna have to just deal with that just because he's not some kind of like all-star player doesn't mean that he can't have an informed opinion on you as a basketball player. Of course, what Dudley was saying was talk. Of course. But, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not some kind of, like, nugget of truth under there. And this is after Game 1 when Dudley defended Simmons and beat Bobot and Mike Scott to, wait for this, this is incredible, two points out of all four of them, two points on 43 possessions in Game 1 per Christian Winfield, formerly of SB Nation. Those two points were Simmons, who was 1 of 5 from the field that game. And somehow, Jared Dudley's thick king strength was able to keep Bobon from penetrating the paint on a couple plays. Truly, truly amazing feat. And a preview of the kind of defensive efforts that will push our team to reach its ceiling this year. I hope he has some long emotional talks with Kuz about how to unlock his defense, followed by just hours of tape watching. I really hope that happens. Long story short, Jared Dudley shut down the Sixers defensively, talked some shit, and got them all riled up, culminating in a double ejection of Dudley and Butler. Personally, I don't think either of them should have been ejected for what transpired, but ref's gonna ref. You know, you know how it goes. So anyway, I've talked about he can be a lockdown defender, he can teach defense to the young guys. He can hit threes. I've given some scenarios in which those threes are going to be useful and when they might happen and how he can contribute to spacing the floor. And I want to move on and talk about uh, the Mike Trudell story that came out on Wednesday on NBA.com called Lakers Set to Benefit from Jared Dudley On and Off the Court, which is basically the party line at this point, the on and off the court such a thing. But Trudell adds a lot of value just from having – like a lot of access to the players. So he got some cool quotes from Dudley, who's like super open and honest with the press, which I think is really cool. I like love that about him. He's just 34. Like he's not like a 20 year old anymore. And he just says what's on his mind. Uh, I, lo- I love him. He went he did four years of college. Good for him. He's not gonna be the number one pick. You might as well do all four, four years. I understand. It's pretty amazing. So the Trudell story had basically the way he structured it was like block quote um, from Jared Dudley and then like a little bit of analysis from himself. So I'm going to just talk about all the block quotes and give my analysis. Huh. So Jared Dudley was explaining how he can be an asset to the younger players. That was a question basically was, but the question was directed about how he can be an asset to AD's development. And he sort of ended up just talking about how he wants to be an asset to Kyle Kuzma's development and just talking about how much potential he sees in him as a player, which is really cool. And they have the same agent and I just think he's going to be a huge, huge guy for Kyle Kuzma. I think they like, they feel like very similar spirits to me. I think they'll really see eye to eye and will like benefit a lot from each other's presence. Not just going to be like Kyle Kuzma benefiting from Jared Dudley's presence. I think it's going to be mutual. Anyway, that's just vibes. That's just vibes I'm getting. Um, But he actually slipped in this comment about when he was at the Bucks with Jason Kidd, how he like told Kidd to start Giannis over him when he was starting Jared Dudley over Giannis Attetokounmpo in the 2014-2015 season. It makes me – that sort of, like, caught my eye and made me, like, kind of interested in his relationship to Jason Kidd and what he thinks of him as a coach after being coached by him in that, like, pretty disappointing season from Jason Kidd. You know what I mean? So I wonder – I just wonder what he thinks about being coached by Kidd again, what he thought of Kidd as a coach back then, and just how that dynamic will manifest in the coming season. Something to look out for, for sure. He's – is he? I think he's probably the only guy on the roster who's been coached by Jason Kidd before. So I could be wrong about that. Somebody Google it. But that's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And also kind of a comment about like kids' player development. He's adding some kind of, he's talking about his like positive contributions to player development in spite of Jason Kidd's negative contributions to player development. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh just something to look out for, something to think about. Dudley also talks about like the dynamic of like relating to younger players and older players and how that's different. And I just thought that was a really interesting section. You know, he was talking about like it's not not that it's easy. I mean, th- these are this is more my analysis that it seems like it's more straightforward at least to be a vet, to be a vet leader among youth, like his role in the Nets was fairly straightforward. He needed to like bring the energy, be a leader, be an example, and just like really try to like fit in and relate to the young guys. You know, it is it's not it's pretty straightforward. It's not that complicated. But to be a leader in a LeBron and AD led locker room, that's more of a challenge. That's more of a challenge. But he seems up to the task, you know? He was describing it as like basically the process is you just like become friends. And then they trust you and they trust your advice rather than being like automatically put into that position of greater knowledge and experience. So we're talking about like a D obviously is still young. He's just now entering his prime, but who he is as a player is so developed. And so just obviously he's one of the best players in the league already at age 26. So. How much can Dudley be like, let me improve your game, you know what I mean? And and AD, I don't think AD needs a mindset reset. Like, Kyle Kuzma has this, like, incredible mindset, but it's just, like, he needs help funneling it and focusing it so that he can improve in these areas on the court, because I think he works so hard off the court, but it's really just, like, this translation of getting those skills and stuff to play out on the court that is an issue, and I think maybe... That's somewhere that Dudley can help because he'll be on the court with him. So anyway, I got on a tangent, but yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's, I think he seems like a really genuine guy and that's really what it's about. It's about being genuine and just being a genuinely interesting, relatable, funny, fun person to hang out with. And it's, he seems like the kind of person who can find something in common with anybody. So I, I like that about him. I think he'll be a great addition He'll be a glue guy. He's, he's just a glue guy. He's going to be friends with everybody. So the next, the next <laughs> quote is, he's great. He knows his strengths, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley knows his strengths. So he's talking about, you know, quote, I wasn't really built for athleticism or speed. I always had to rely on my mind and my instincts and quote, he embraces being a thick king I respect this about him. I I love this view. I mean, he doesn't let it stop him from being physical on the court. I mean, he, he gets bumped to hell from the fives that he's guarding, which is crazy. And you'd think that they would just knock him over, but he really just, he's really solid, even if he's not like rippling muscles like LeBron, you know. He's ultimately, though, he is a brains guy, not a brawn guy. And on a team with, like, three brainy, brawny guys, DeMarcus Cousins, AD, and LeBron, it's – you don't really need him to be huge and muscly. Like, we don't need four guys who are like that. It'd be, I mean, I guess – I guess anybody needs it. But it's it's nice to have a guy who's brainy. I think you'd rather have that than just a guy who's huge and, like, doesn't know what the hell he's doing, you know? So – He's he's brainy. On a team with three brainy brawny guys, it's nice to have just like a brainy guy. And that's kinda what Rondo is too, but Rondo doesn't know how to play basketball anymore, so that's an issue. Yeah, that's gonna be an issue. Anyway, he's really smart in the court, incredibly supportive teammate. Not really sure what more we can ask of the guy. Thirty four you know, he was never like an all-star player. So I think he's pretty much matured into the best player, the best version of a 34-year-old basketball player that he could ever hope to have turned into. And, you know, we know he's smart. He chose to play for the Lakers. And that's my piece on Jared Dudley. I think he's great. I really loved him. He, he became one of my favorite players really quickly in Brooklyn. And I'm just really, I'm two of my like favorite non-Lakers players from last season became Lakers this, this summer. And I could not be more excited. Of course, I'm still like, I've actually been pushing down my grief uh, about Kauai. And eventually like me and Sabrina are gonna have to have some kind of conversation about this because I don't think I've been dealing with my grief correctly or at all, <laughs> I'm too busy for grief. I've been really stoked. Jared Dudley and Demarcus Cousins are two of my favorite players in the whole league, and I'm just super excited to have them on the team. Me and Sabrina will be talking about Demarcus Cousins next week. That's gonna be our player spotlight, and I've been doing a lot of research on him. Laker Film Room will be some videos about Demarcus Cousins coming out soon, and then in the near future on Demarcus Cousins. So, and I've been working on those, and he's so great. He is just so great. um thanks for listening uh sorry that my voice is weird sometimes i've have like a horrible cough uh i'm gonna have to cut out a lot of coughs in post so i'm really excited to do that thanks for listening this is the silver screen and roll podcast network once again i'm the machine this is i love basketball sabrina will be back with us next week and we'll be talking about demarcus cousins have a great freaking weekend everybody